everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live here at Love Walk and I'd like to welcome you to this broadcast today and as you guys know we come together uh, to read the word of God to find practical application for our lives so that we can live more abundant and godly lives and of course to um, accomplish the purpose of our lives. So I want to welcome you. Uh, I pray you are in good health and you're well. Uh, I also want to let you guys know about a new series that we're going to do. It's going to be called um, Letters to God. And so basically what we're going to do in that series is we are going to tackle specific issues that believers might struggle with And we are going to find ways to go into the Bible and find specific scriptures and find out how we can use those scriptures, how we can use fasting, how we can use prayer, how we can use supplication and meditation to overcome, whether we're overcoming something as simple as anger or it's something deep like depression or maybe something even, you know, darker than that, we are going to tackle some subjects and we're going to see what the Bible has to say about it. We're going to see what things we can do to begin that healing process through uh, God's love and his spirit and his word to be able to live a more overcoming life. So today we're going to go ahead and get into the Bible study, but I do want you to look out for Um, letters to God which will be coming soon it's a series that we're going to focus in on those areas and uh, you know guys I've been sort of ruminating on this and thinking about it and pray being very prayerful uh, in the past few weeks about it and thinking about it so we're going to get started on that one and so I really look forward if you have any suggestions in terms of maybe there's an area that you you know want me to focus on and we find scriptures and ways that we can overcome maybe there's something you're struggling with in your life definitely leave me a message uh, at anchor fm that's actually where you can leave the message and I'll get your message and we'll address that on letters to God So let's go ahead and jump into today's Bible study. I want to encourage you to grab your Bible right now. We're going to go deep into the Word of God. Um, And this is really going to be a study that you can not only learn to apply in a spiritual sense, but you can also apply this in your natural daily life as it pertains to other people, not necessarily on a religious uh, a religious sort of uh, plane. So let's go ahead and look at our anchor text and um, we'll get started. And I'm going to read from Malachi. So we're going to start at uh, verse 1 and then we're going to read down to verse 11. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, said the Lord. Yet you say, Wherein have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? said the Lord, yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom said, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Though Thus said the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and you shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. 
A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Said the Lord of hosts to you, O priests, that despise my name, and you say, Wherein have we despised your name? You offered polluted bread on my altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted you? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious to us. This has been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for nothing? Neither do you kindle fire on my altar for nothing. I have no pleasure in you, said the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, said the Lord of hosts. So, as we can see in this scripture, uh, in these scriptures, in Malachi chapter 1, it seems like God is a little angry. <laughs> seems like he's a little upset. And the truth is, he was angry because they didn't offer the right sacrifices. And they, they didn't attend to the work of administering the temple. And they really didn't honor him. They really didn't do all that they needed to do. Here we're looking at God having a conversation with Israel. Now he's calling them Jacob. He's having an, a conversation with Israel and he's asking them, why are you not doing the things that you know to do? Why are you not honoring me? Why are you not uh, doing what I have called you to do in terms of the administration of the temple? And you know, when we read this, we definitely look at it and we wonder, well, what was going on with those Israelites back there where they just decided to stop, you know, offering to the Lord. They decided to stop, you know, doing these kinds of things. But we never understand that, you know, there is this comparison, this similitude, this similarity between us and Israel in terms of how we sort of interface with God. And I think that is the powerful thing to understand. That's why I really do recommend that believers understand the priesthood because you're now a royal priest. And I've said this in other Bible studies, but we have to realize we are royal priests. And so as that, there is something here that we can pull out of it. We're doing something too. And I want you to understand the temple now is now your body. That's the temple because we are offering up sacrifices now. And it's important to understand that in this scenario, this is the very last book of the Old Testament. It's Malachi. And God seems to be really angry in this book and unhappy with Israel in this book. And I want to underscore the fact that it was the very last book in the Old Testament. And then you have this, this era after it where it's all of this silence. God's word becomes precious. It becomes rare. 
until we see the entrance of the New Testament with with John the Baptist and with Mary. We see this situation where there's been this silence from God. He, he writes this letter, this dear John letter to uh, the um, Israelites. And I would like to think that Malachi is God's dear John letter to Israel. It's a dear John letter to anyone who decides that God isn't really important to them anymore. He isn't valuable anymore. Um, and it says that they are not offering sacrifices and that they are being disobedient in the way that they offer. So some people aren't doing anything and some people are. They're offering, they're still offering, but they're just not doing it in the right way. And they actually don't care. They really don't care. That's really the underlying. They just don't care. And the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. So yes, they are still sacrificing to God, but they really don't care how they do it or when they do it or whether it is done in the way that he wants them to do do it. Have you ever had someone serve you? Have you ever gone to a restaurant you know, and you're buying something and the person behind, the person who's serving you just really doesn't care about what they're doing. They just throw your food <laughs> in the bag and they just give it to you any old way and just sort of slide it to you. That's basically what Israel is doing with God. They just don't care when someone really doesn't care. They just don't care how it's done, how whether it's done with excellence or whether it's done with care. So if we look at Malachi chapter one, verse seven, it says, you offer polluted bread on my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted you? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. Think about that. They offer bread that is not up to the standard that God wants, not what he wants. And they say, when he doesn't accept it, they're like, well, what, what, what are you saying? Are you saying wait, I offered you something. What are you talking about? I put bread on the altar. Yeah, but, but yeah, it wasn't really what I wanted. It really, it really wasn't obedience. If you didn't give me what I asked for that, how is that obedience? It's still not the same. And then, uh, it says also in Malachi chapter one, verse eight, it says, and if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your person, said the Lord of hosts? So think about what he's saying there. They're offering sick, lame, and blind animals on the altar. They're not offering, you know, the, the custom is that, you know, when you have the means, you offer the first, the best of what you have is an offering to God. But here we're seeing, um, the Israelites really just kind of, things are just kind of coming apart at the seams. They just don't care anymore. They're offering up sick animals. They're offering up lame animals, blind animals. So not only are they not offering up their best, they're offering him up sick and, and contemptible things, things that they wouldn't even offer to a regular person. And that's basically what he says when he says, would you offer this to your governor? Would you give this to a regular human being who's in a place of authority? If you were brought before 
the king of your country or the president or the prime minister and they said be sure to bring a gift to him would you bring him a bag of peanuts you know would you bring him just grab him a handful of of dandelions from the ground and say these are the flowers that i brought you no that's what god is saying you wouldn't bring that kind of thing to a human potentate, a human leader, a human person that is worthy of honor. But why are you bringing that to me? And I think sometimes we do that without without even knowing it. Sometimes we offer God just stuff that isn't up to, to par. And we do that because, well, obviously he's not saying anything because, well, we don't really care. So God is saying, you don't even kindle a fire for me. Remember he said that, that they just let the fire go out? Remember how uh, they lit the altar? I remember how the light in the altar uh, actually went out in the time of Eli. They're supposed to keep that burning and they would just let it go out. He even says they closed the doors. That means they shut the temple down. Let's all go for a break. He says, and there's no reason for it. You just decide, ah today we will not we'll just let's all go to the beach (laughs) and let's leave God's temple we don't even worry about you know the fire burning just leave it let it go out so it's really powerful what God is saying the way he's showing how they actually feel about him in the things that they're doing let's look at Malachi uh, verse I'm sorry chapter 1 verse 10 it says Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for nothing? Neither do you kindle fire on my altar for nothing. I have no pleasure in you, said the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. So here they are making these really lame offerings, both literally and figuratively. And he's telling them, yeah, you're making all of these offerings, but I will not accept it from you. You're making just really nasty offerings, really low grade offerings to me, and I won't accept it. They're just not doing the work to be quite frank. They're carrying on with their own business. God is secondary. He's an afterthought. He's, we think about him every now and then we, we throw him some, you know, offerings here and there. You know, I have a lame cow. Let me give that to God. Oh, I have a sick sheep right here. Just just put that on the altar and burn it. You know, they give God whatever. They leave him the scraps and they don't even keep the fire burning. That's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. If we look in Malachi chapter one, verse five, it says, and your eyes shall see and you shall say, the Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. Isn't that kind of ironic? They want God's name. They want him to be magnified from the border of Israel, even though they're burning lame animals to him and closing the doors of the temple and allowing the fire to go out. And they're expecting that God is going to be magnified from beyond the borders of Israel. Now, what they mean by that is other people can look over and see and say, wow, their God is doing good by them. His name is magnified by the way that they serve him. And that's really important to understand. The way you serve someone says so much about how you feel about them. The way we serve God says so much about the way we feel about him. And God does want to be magnified from beyond the borders of Israel. That is what the Lord wants. 
that he be magnified for the service to him, for his goodness and loving kindness to them. But in Malachi chapter 1 and 5, he's saying, how do you think I will be magnified when you won't keep the fire burning? You won't even sacrifice righteously before me or offer the best beasts. What kind of God do you portray me to be if you will not sacrifice, follow the laws, and obey? People need to see your reverence of God. People need to be able to look across the way at you and be able to see God magnified. And that's just the truth. Remember in John chapter 12, verse 32, it says, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. He speaks not only of resurrection, but our magnification of him in our lives. How we magnify the Lord. How do you magnify the Lord? How do you make him big? This is really very important. And I think a lot of times, you know, he just becomes a second thought. Let's look at Malachi chapter ver- chapter 1, verse 2. I have loved you, said the Lord. Yet you say, wherein have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, said the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob. And I hated Esau. And I laid his mountain and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. This is a powerful set of scriptures because it is the beginning. If you remember, this is verse uh, two and three. So it's at the very beginning of the chapter. It's the beginning of a dear John letter. He confesses, I have loved you so much. And then how very interesting Israel replies and says, in what a way have you loved us? How have you loved us? And then he responds, was not Esau, Jacob's brother, said the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob. He's telling them, I loved you more. Who is Jacob? Jacob is Israel. And right now he's having a conversation with Israel. And he's telling them right now, he's saying, I loved you more. And if he goes down into to, uh, verse 3, he says, I, I hated Esau. He says, I laid his mountains and his heritage waste. But look at what I've done for you. I've given you this promised land. I've brought you out of uh, Egypt. I've done all of this. I've made your name great in the land. I've multiplied you. I've blessed your lineage. And, and you're asking me? So he goes back to Jacob. He says, look what, look at who you were. When you were Jacob and there was uh, Esau, I preferred Jacob. I preferred Israel. I preferred you. This is a powerful set of scriptures. I'll say it again. It's the opening of a Dear John letter. God saying to his chosen people, his mankind, I loved you. I treated you well and you threw me away. You discarded me. You, you didn't even count our relationship serious. You didn't even count it as precious. And remember, this is the last book of the Old Testament before God's word seemed to completely vanish for years and years before the coming of Christ. He foreshadows the work and the coming of Christ in Malachi chapter 1 verse 11. This is a very powerful uh, verse as well. And I want us to really understand that in the beginning of this book, in, in chapter one, verse one, the prophet makes his own introduction. And then he starts out with a confession of love. 
And it's important for us to understand that they devalued all of his kindness, all of his goodness, all of his providence and the hovering of God. He references Jacob and Esau. He says, you know, that God has always sought to have someone to prefer. And I think that's something we need to see. God has always sought to have someone to prefer. It says in Romans 9, chapter 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. This is an important concept to understand about God and about love in general. And this is something you can apply in your life every day with the people you love, with God. This is not just a spiritual level. You can take this on a natural level. But God doesn't just want to love you. He wants to prefer you. He wants to prefer you above another. That is what true marital love is. To love and prefer your spouse, not in the absence of others, but in the presence of others. And that's the point even with Esau and Jacob. To deliberately prefer and choose them. This is why God says marriage is the mystery of Christ and his bride. And it is, you know, uh, compared to our relationship with God. It's this preferring that God did. He preferred Israel. Let's go ahead and look at the Song of Solomon. We're going to look at chapter 2. So go ahead and turn to Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 2. And we're going to read to uh, verse 3. It says, As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And as the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. I want you to think about those verses. In chapter 2 of that, I'm sorry, in verse 2 of the Song of Solomon there, it's saying, it's it's actually the female saying, oh, I'm sorry, guys. It is the, the lover or the man saying that his beloved is a lily among thorns. And in verse three, it's the young lady or the woman who is saying that her beloved is an apple tree among the trees. So basically, they're saying they prefer them among all else. All else looks like thorns. All else look like looks like regular trees that have no fruit compared to the one that they love. It is their own value and preference for that individual that makes it an apple tree among trees or a lily among thorns. So I want to ask you a question. Do you prefer God over everyone and everything else? You see, in the Song of Solomon, the lovers said that they preferred the other one. And a true lover must prefer their beloved over another person, over money, over opportunity, over friends, over career, over material possessions. And do you prefer God over friends, over family, over money, over opportunity, connections, career, material possessions? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves. So what was the difference between Esau and Jacob? Why did God prefer Jacob over Esau? Why did he, did he say, Jacob have I love and Esau 
have I hated. And I'm going to tell you why. One valued the birthright more than the other. One valued God's birthright more than the other one. So God chose the one who preferred him above all else to pour out his favor upon. Israel is Jacob, but Israel forgot God's goodness and they now take him for granted. They don't value him like they should, the way Jacob did. Jacob valued God's birthright so much. He was willing to do anything for it, anything. And Esau, Esau saw it as as something to bargain with. He saw it as something to use to get something better. And that is what we shouldn't do. We need to see that God is valuable. God wants to be valued by you. It's not just a one-way street. That's why it's important for us to not see God as, as a, you know, an, um, a heavenly Santa Claus that just gives us what we want. We have to value him and him alone. Not the things he gives, not just the things that he does, but that he is God and that he loves us, that he has loved us with an everlasting love. So God chose the one who preferred him. People do this in relationships and marriage. Things go south when you stop valuing the other person. And things go south with believers when we stop valuing God. We stop believing. When we stop doing his work. We stop reading his word. When we stop worshiping. When we stop listening to his voice. This is not what we want to do. We want to give God the sacrifices of praise. We want to worship. We want to fast. We want to pray. We want him to be foremost in our, in his, in, in our thoughts. We want him to direct all of our paths. We want to accomplish our purpose in the earth. So I want to encourage you. God has written this Dear John letter to Israel and Malachi. That's what it is. It's a Dear John letter. And he's saying, I love you. Do you love him back? The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. I want to encourage you to take heed of all that you do and how you live in your life and put God first. Put him first in everything that you do. Give him the best of everything that he that that you do. This isn't about giving offerings at your church or anything. Give him the best in your life. Do you give him the best? Do you give him the morning when you wake up and when you pray? Do you give him the best? of you or do you put it to the side you have a purpose but you put it to the side you have something that you want to do but maybe God's thing gets in the way I want to encourage you put him first until you put him first you're not going to see the kinds of things in your life happen you're not going to have the changes the internal changes until we put God first People aren't going to be able to look over at the borders of Israel and say, wow, they have an amazing God. It says the Bible says that the Lord goes to and and fro throughout the earth to find who he might show himself strong on behalf of. Think about that. God loves us and he wants to prefer us. And he wants to do so much good by us that other people can look over and see it. So... I hope that this message has blessed you. I hope that you will begin to put God first. And if you already do, just thank God for it. Be thankful for being in the presence of God. To be even able to know him is really a privilege. 
that there's no way we can, there's no way even I could give him enough for the privilege of just knowing that he even exists. That's a privilege that he even is there to look at a, a lowly creation like us and love us enough to even write a Dear John letter to compel us to come back. Maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you've gotten lazy and you just don't care. You've let the world creep in. The Bible says that the cares of the world, you know, when he scattered the seeds, that the cares choke out the word of God. They come up as thorns. They choke out the word of God. Don't let the cares of the world choke out the work, the words of God, the love of God. Know that he loves you and don't let the things that are happening around you, whether it's in the economy, whether it's with your business, whether it's with in your family, whether it's in your city or your community or your country, don't let that choke out putting God first and loving God. There should be nothing that comes between you and God because God won't let anything come between you and he. So don't you let anything come between you and God. Remember Paul said, I believe there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So don't let it be you. Don't let anything get in the way. Don't take him for granted. He's here and he loves you. So I pray you are well. I'm really looking forward to letters to God. I want you to be a part of that. You can leave me a message at Anchor FM if you have any suggestions of certain letters or certain uh, issues you want us to examine. I also want to encourage you if you've been blessed by any of the ministry or any of these messages to support me at Patreon. And you can do that at www.patreon.com forward slash L Winston. And I would really appreciate it. And guys, thank you so much for going through the Bible study and praying with me and I I ask that you will continue to pray that the word of God be manifest through all of us who are working to do the will of God and that others will grow and that the body of Christ will grow and we as fellow workers together will see the fruits of our labor. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Bye.